It's Wednesday, December 9th. It's a week 14 podcast, everybody. It's a fantasy finish line podcast, and we are on the playoff bubble. here in the fantasy football playoffs thankfully we are all present i think there was one year when we played uh we did the podcast and i wasn't in the playoffs how was that for you it was a very sad year <laughs> i had to keep doing the podcast and i had nothing to do he's like i need to have 12 leagues so that i can for sure and then have, i added two more leagues the next year have I don't all, know. all the different spectrums of uh of i feel like i maybe events. made it one year and like got eliminated once i'm in five of six leagues this year i'm happy to report the one league uh, is a dynasty league where I wanted the first round pick, uh, you know, because I lost the first, because I did really bad to start the season. <laughs> so we're going to go with that story, and I'm sticking to it. So, uh, Dave, welcome. Uh, you are David Biggs, of course. I am Jason Evans. We This is the Fantasy Finish Line podcast. It is week 14. We're on the playoff bubble. Um, yeah, this is going to help a lot. On the bubble. Yeah. In so, the playoffs. I like how you're putting us in this location. It's, uh, I can paint a picture here. That's the that's the idea here. I'm, I gotta paint an audible picture for those of you who are not watching us on YouTube. And if you are not watching us on YouTube, then know that at a later date you can go to YouTube and watch us do the podcast, or you can watch us live do the podcast. Please subscribe to us on YouTube when you go there. But of of course we have all the podcast channels as well, uh, as far as uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. Uh... Yeah, give us a review on those sites. Let us know what you think, and uh, that'll help us out. You can go to drinkfive.com and check out all of our articles every week. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on Instagram, and uh, we're at Drink Five in both of those places. You know, very uh, intuitive, if you will. We are actually a self promotional podcast. Uh, so if you listen for another forty five minutes, it's just gonna be that. We're just gonna keep talking about the places you can listen to the podcast. <laughs> We're just going to keep promoting the podcast. We have a book out now, a book about promoting the podcast. It's just a book of advertisements about to, Drink 5. <laughs> go to Amazon.com and search for the Drink 5 advertising book. And on our website, if you'd like to watch 30-second videos of us advertising Drink 5, that's all it is. It's, it's going to just... be the first 30 seconds of this podcast, of this episode. <laughs> anyway, we're, we're excited, right, that we are uh, in the playoffs, both in five of six leagues, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's good times. Um, I wish we were out in the same league so we could just be like, that league is bullshit, man. I'm sure that's going to happen soon enough. <laughs> After this week, <laughs> there'll be a common league that we're both out of, I'm sure. But I'll tell you that more often than not, I think, uh, Jason and I, having done this for years and years now, and I'm not exactly sure how long, but probably uh, 10 years, 10 plus years maybe even. Fantasy football? Uh, playing fantasy football. Sure. Uh, we generally are making the playoffs in, in multiple leagues, and that's a good sign from someone who's especially uh, a person who's from giving you so-called advice. self-proclaimed experts. Well, so-called expert. Uh, as, as a segue, I think tonight we're going to talk about uh, uh, something that, uh, that has to do with that, right? Okay, so-called expert. <laughs> <laughs> but first, we need to discuss what we're drinking. If you look in front of us here, we have a fine selection of brews. Uh, starting off to stage right, we have Nerd is the Word from Pollyanna Brewing Company. Didn't even need the can for that one. Oh, this is what we're drinking right now. It's got this lovely red color. Um, it's a sour beer. It's freaking delicious i really like it if you were watching right at the start 
we had a little tiny glass of a little brown liquid. That's the Woodford Reserve over there. Coming up next, we're going to have some of the fun-sized marsh toasted marshmallow from Pollyanna. And then we're going to go to Graham's Jam from Scorched Earth. And if we make it that far, we'll hit up the Lagunitas Sucks that has the uh, New Belgium bottle opener on it. Anyways, um, so Dave, we are on the bubble in terms of uh, where you're going to start your players. Obviously, players of pe- teams have made the playoffs or not at this point. So we're going to look at players who are on the bubble and decide how confident we are in starting them so we can help start your lineup. So what I want everyone to do is go to drink5.com and look at Dave's rankings. That way you can kind of follow along with us and see um, where they're at. Now, these rankings are a snapshot from Wednesday afternoon. Would the afternoon uh, be accurate? Yeah, I think I last updated them. And I think they actually say that on Fantasy Pros, which is super When they cool. were last updated, and yeah. You'd be like, okay, well, I like this guy, but he updated this seven days ago, so maybe we don't pay attention right. to his Right, and rankings. I would guess that you'll probably <laughs> update them again uh, sometime later in the week, maybe Friday-ish, and then again on Sunday morning. Uh, yeah, and, and throughout the week when things happen, if there's injuries if or there's updates. news and stuff. But in general, every couple days I do a full update, and uh, it's a time-consuming thing. But I'll tell you what, we were just discussing this. It's a labor of love. I mean, uh, last week I was the number one expert overall for wide receivers. I was getting there, but you can toot your own horn. Have fun. In week 10, I was the number one expert overall in yes, wide receivers. Yes, you were. So I'm hoping uh, that there's something good there. You know, if there's anything that's going to throw you off, it's going to be winning you're going to like, uh, <laughs> what did I do? I don't know. You're uh, going to rest on your laurels there? Dave? No, I have to do what I've been doing and hope that that's uh, you know, something that's consistent and, uh, and can be uh, demonstrably uh, uh, said as, as, as exactly that. Repeated. Um, but, but as Jason said, uh, we're taking today uh, to look at quarterbacks uh, who are ranked between 11 and 15 on my rankings. Uh, and then tight ends who are ranked between 11 and 15. The idea being these these are guys who uh, you you are not in the top 10 uh, in general for people starting this week, but you might have to make a decision to start one of them or pick one up and start one. Right. Uh, and then uh, running backs uh, between 21 and 30, uh, which is giving you that position of like that uh, low RB2 uh, or RB3 or, or flex, flex player. Yeah. And then I believe wide receivers between 26 and 35. Um, and we moved the wide receivers out a little bit uh, just because wide receivers generally in leagues uh, have uh, maybe three slots instead of two uh, or are more widely available. And certainly the pool of players is um, is more prolific. It's definitely much larger. And I would say in, this fir- in the first five of that group, there's definitely guys who you may or may not uh, want to start, depending on how your team is. Yeah. Obviously, if you're making the playoffs, chances are you have a good team. Congratulations, good for you. So we're going to grade them all on a scale of strong or weak start, um, neutral, weak sit, or strong sit. Um, so kind of like one to five-ish, but we'll, we'll, we'll give you words rather than numbers so it's easier to follow along. So as I said, this is all based on Dave's rankings, which are exclusively available on drink5.com. So if you do want to be the best at ranking your wide receivers, uh, then you do have to go to our website to look at that. Now, if you go to Fantasy Pros, where Dave is uh, compared to all the other experts in the fantasy world, then you can compare him to other people. You can have him as part of the expert consensus rankings that you look at, which I highly recommend. Uh, you make sure that Dave is included in there. Um, and like you said, he was number five overall in week 10, number one at wide receiver. In week 12, uh, he was number 11 overall. I'm sorry, in week 12, he was number five overall. In week 10, he was number 11 overall, number one wide receiver both weeks. So. Doing doing well, well yeah. Well done, buddy. <laughs> Cheers. So give us a little rundown. Um, 
give us a little minute or so about what you liked, what, what you're thinking about when you're making the rankings and what you, uh, the way that you come up with them and sort of how to interpret them. So uh, what, what brought us to this conversation is, is Jason and I were talking about earlier today how, what, how we would set up for this show. And um, if, if I was just providing the rankings, then wouldn't those rankings themselves uh, present exactly how I felt about those players? And in some respects, they do. If we look at, for example, wide receivers between 26 and 35, um, obviously ranking them by how I, I think that, that they will perform going forward. But I think what Jason is um, alluding to and what, what I'm about to explain is that the way I do the rankings is, of course, different from how I would say uh, you should start this person or sit this person. Right? Sure, he's not going to just always start one over the other based on the rankings um, because that's an impossible way of doing the rankings. Yeah, nobody should do that. But the rankings are built on uh, historical data of the player. Uh, from uh, the past certain amount of games that they had played, the matchups going forward uh, in, in this particular week, uh, and also uh, information about that player that is available to me as far as was that player injured, uh, does it seem like they're they're losing um, status on the depth chart and not being targeted as much, yep. are they moving forward in a trend or, or backwards in a trend? Uh, and so those things are, are, are the way that the, the rankings work. And that's not exactly how I would directly uh, interface with a question. So uh, there could be times, that, for example, there have been times when people will come on the podcast or, um, or ask questions on the podcast about um, who should be started. And uh, even though I have someone maybe one or two spots above someone else, I may not actually uh, pick that person if, if I'm directly... Um, asked uh, if he should be started or, or sat versus somebody else. So just a quick overview, uh, but let's go ahead and uh, and go through these, and I think we're going to start with, with Jason. Yeah, we'll dive into the quarterbacks. So starting at number 11, you got Ben Roethlisberger, who started strong on Monday night against Washington. But as happens all season for the Steelers, they have trouble scoring in the second half. Um, this week they really need to address that in order to keep up with the Bills. They do play the Bills. I forget if it's at home or in Buffalo. Um, not really important in my mind for this matchup. So um, luckily for Ben and the Steelers, they're going to go from uh, playing against a team who gives up the 22nd most points to opposing quarterbacks, so n not a good matchup. It's at Buffalo if it matters. Okay. Uh, I already you, said it doesn't. You just said it didn't, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and now they're going to play the team, Buffalo, who gives up the six most points to opposing quarterbacks. So last week, Ben had his fourth game over 300 yards. The Bills gave up, uh, have given up 316 yards and three touchdowns just last week to Nick Mullins, of all people. I'm giving you a strong start for Ben Roethlisberger. Um, keep him in your lineup. You like you like Ben? You support that strong start? Yeah, so uh, for, for each one of these guys, uh, I, I think we should probably give our opinions. And I would agree, I think this game is a comeback game after losing to Washington. They're going to be an angry team that has most of their players healthy, uh, with sure. the exception of a couple guys that were injured last week. So You know, you might you might say uh, short rest, but however, both teams are on the same amount of rest. Yeah. So I'm not really concerned about that. I say strong start. Okay. Tom Brady at number 12. He has had his share of clunkers this season, but I don't expect one this week. He's coming off of a bye. He's facing, facing the Vikings. They give up big points to any quarterback who has a decent wide receiver group. 
So they're not necessarily up there in terms of uh, fantasy points given up to quarterbacks, but whenever they play a team that has good wide receivers, they're going to have a good um, a, a good game because what ends up happening is that they give up tons of points to the opposing wide receivers. So Brady has thrown the ball 128 times in the last three games, and he's gotten eight touchdowns, 902 yards over that time. He even has a rushing touchdown in those games. So I expect the Bucks to roll at home. They're playing the Vikings, as I said. Strong start for Tom Brady. Thank you. I do need uh, to crack into a beer. Uh, and I also oh, I, I also agree much. with the strong start for Tom Brady, and I wonder if uh, any of his receivers show up in your list later. Uh, I'll, I will wait to talk about that. They are not in the in that uh, section. Okay. Actually. Well, I, I'm sure I have Chris Godwin. So if you want to talk about any of them, talk about I'm sure about. I have Chris Godwin higher than that, and he just recently uh, got the pins removed from his finger, and I believe that he's going to have some good games going forward here. With yeah, Brady. he's not practicing this week, but it's probably because of that. We always say this every week. Pay attention to uh, practice reports on Thursday and especially Friday. If a player practices on Friday, they should play. If they miss all week, including Friday, there's a strong chance that they may miss. So make sure that you um, watch your – this is more important than ever. Watch who you're putting in your flex. Put the latest player playing in your flex and make sure that you have uh, appropriate backups if you're going to go with a risky player like – Chris Godwin because I'm going to take a look at the NFL week uh, 14 schedule here and figure out when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are playing. They're playing a noon game. So that's great. That means that you're going to be able to um, swap out anybody you can in case Chris Godwin doesn't end up playing. I wouldn't For now, say, I would, let's go I would, with him playing, right? I wouldn't say he's a risky play, but you're right that he's not currently practicing. So you know what? I guess it certainly puts him in a category other than absolutely 100% playing. Right. Brady, <laughs> strong start. Um, Chris Godwin, monitor his status. Yeah. Uh, number 13, Philip Rivers. He has finally started to get into a groove. He has seven touchdowns in the last three games. His best three-game stretch as a Colt. His numbers are not gaudy, and the Colts lean on the run more than average. They lean on their defense. I do expect the defense to sort of stop the Raiders' offense at least enough to keep the scoring in the game below 30 on either side. Uh, that being said, I think Rivers is your best option uh, if you're – if excuse me, if Rivers is your best option in a single quarterback league, um, I'm not sure why you're in the playoffs. You probably have a strong rest of your team. But if he's a quarterback two in your super flex system, full speed ahead. So a strong start if he's in a two-quarterback system, weak start in a one-quarterback system. And I'm not going to specify that for every guy, but certainly uh, for Phillip Rivers, I don't want to tell you a strong start if he's uh, a one-quarterback system. Yep, I also agree with the the Philip Rivers. Although I would say uh, personally, I would say weak start, uh, just because I think that he's getting a little bit farther down there on that list, and uh, you know perhaps they're going to have more of a Jonathan Taylor kind of a game uh, where there could be some rushing touchdowns. But I agree with everything you said. I mean, you got a number thirteen guy on my list who I still think is a start uh, in, in going to compete in fantasy points with those guys that are up there in the top ten. Okay, so. Um... We've got Mitchell Trubisky at number 14. He is the only He's only starting because he's the lesser of two evils for Chicago right now. Nick Foles has been garbage. Trubisky is trailing his stats from last year and trailing his stats from two years ago, which was his best st- statistical year. Uh, so he's trailing in completion percentage, yards per game, interception percentage, meaning he's throwing more picks. Um, this week he plays Houston. I can't imagine a scenario where he turns into a top 10 uh, fantasy performance. He has not been rushing this year to augment his stats like in years past where he was worthwhile in fantasy. 
Uh, the Bears have lost six in a row, I believe it's been, and I don't think that they turn around anytime soon. Weak sit for Trubisky. Uh, he may be a necessary start in two quarterback leagues, but uh, in most places you're going to want to sit him. So I, I have such a, a weird relationship with Trubisky because I, I have never, ever owned him in a fantasy league. Right? Neither have I. Uh, but I know that there are um, there are times in which he generates 20-plus fantasy points for, for a person uh, consistently. Now, I don't think that this year is one of those times, so I'm going to go right there with you, and I'm going to say he could certainly generate those 20, but he'll probably score 13 points. So rounding out the quarterback list here, we've got Matt Ryan, who is uh, – Dave has him ranked – Two lower than his ECR, ECR expert consensus ranking. Uh, his ECR is 13. You've got him at 15. It's clear that you're not uh, very impressed with his performance lately. Honestly, neither am I. In his last three games, he has three touchdowns, three interceptions, only 230 yards per game, a 52% completion rate. Granted, he played two of those games against New Orleans. However, he should do better than the garbage numbers I just read off to you. <laughs> so this week he faces a Chargers team that hasn't given up a 300-yard passing game since week four, uh, and he brings with him a traveling mash unit of a wide receiver group. Calvin Ridley is probably still going to be out. Julio Jones has been in and out with injury for the last several weeks, so he doesn't have a whole lot to rely on there. Uh, despite the Chargers giving up the eighth most points to opposing quarterbacks, they haven't given up a lot of points to a passer since Drew Locke had 248 yards and three touchdowns way back on November 1st. Uh, I'm going with strong sit for Matt Ryan and most of the Falcons. I think that uh, if they win, they're going to squeak out an ugly game. And again, I agree with you, Jason. Okay, so we do have a quarterback question while we're on quarterbacks here from the chat room. Uh, Troy wants to know, he's got Justin Herbert, Ryan Tannehill, and Lamar Jackson. He wants to pick two. Uh, for the first playoff game, they all have good matchups. Herbert's playing Atlanta, Tannehill is playing Jacksonville, and Lamar Jackson is playing Cleveland. So uh, <laughs> what a wonderful way of uh, teeing us up for the question. So I suppose all you need to do is pick one guy to sit there. Um, you know, Herbert as... against Atlanta, Atlanta's giving up tons of points to opposing quarterbacks. That's really tempting to play. Um, Lamar Jackson, I think, is the one who's struggling the most out of those guys this year, and it's a division game. I think I would pick Lamar Jackson to sit in this situation. Have you ever owned Lamar Jackson? I have not. So I mean, I'm, he's only been in the league two years. So he scored 26 points last week, even though he only threw for uh, 107 yards on uh, 12 completions. And the thing about about him uh, is that it's 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 not even about being a good quarterback at some point, right? <laughs> it's about having that running ability that that makes you have uh, like a 15-point game no matter what. Now, what I would say is that this is an incredibly difficult question. I think that Troy already knows that. Uh, and That's I, why you ask other people. You don't ask people the easy question. I currently have Jackson ranked 4, Tannehill ranked 5, and Herbert ranked 6. Oh. And so, of course, why why wouldn't you? And what I would say is this. Uh, Herbert came off of a really bad beat. He's a rookie quarterback. Yes, he might have a better matchup than Lamar Jackson, but he's a rookie quarterback and coming off of a bad beat in a situation where he's going into the end of the season. I would play the guys who have been here for longer, and I would say Jackson and Tannehill. Uh, I think you're going to say Tannehill and Herbert because uh, just Jackson might not uh, be able to connect for those passing touchdowns. I just feel like Jackson has been off this year, and you know that's why I'm I'm shying away from Jackson. Knowing that he is the highest ranked on your list makes me reconsider it. But um, well, honestly, Troy, I don't think you can go wrong. I think that 
uh, you and I both have strong points, and the point here is that you should pick Ryan Tannehill and one of the other guys. Yeah, we're looking at guys that are like uh, you know twenty twenty point average players uh, at sort of. Uh, um... Yeah, I mean the Falcons are giving up the most points. The Jaguars are giving up the fourth most points. The Browns are giving up the eighth most points. And the, you know, like, I you shy away because he's a rookie. I shy away from Jackson because it's a division game. Um, there's all kinds of uh, uh, pros and cons in this. Mostly they're pros. I think that you're going to have great uh, output from your quarterback position this you're, week. You're I'm right. glad I'm not playing against I you. I simply don't like Herbert because he's a classic trend down 27-17-6. And, you know, it's not like he, he okay. can't have a, a big up game, but the other guys are not in that position. Okay. And they're also not rookies. I can't convince you that Cleveland will play well, can I? <laughs> I, I just suspect that that's not going to happen well, he, right now. They could still play well, but uh, Lamar might get 90 yards and a touchdown, and that's all that he needs. That's, you're right. I mean, he's got that, that little extra something-something. Yeah. So uh, I, I think I agree with Jason's sentiment that uh, it's, at this point it's going to be Tannehill and the other guy. Do you trust uh, the rookie or the second-year guy? Um, do you trust the the guy maybe with um, more passing opportunities or the guy with his feet? Right. So I gotta say I'm I'm got the video up and a big guy with a tiny little glass is kind of funny to me right now. <laughs> to our tiny glasses. Cheers. Uh, so Dave, uh, why don't you take it away on the quarter uh, the the running backs? All right, sure. So we we have quite a few guys to talk about. We're gonna go over them somewhat quickly. But again, uh, Jason, if you'll watch the the chat room here on YouTube. Uh, if, if you come in and give us a question, we can interrupt anything as long as it makes sense. Uh, the, <laughs> the first guy that I'm going to go over, and, and by oh, the way... we have a question. No, I'm kidding. I should say that these are all technically in order. So if anyone is following along, they are in the order of the guys that I like the, the most uh, to the least. But again, uh, if you look at what I talked about earlier, it's not all about that particular order that I placed them in, it's about the situations that they that they might have in front Correct. of them. Correct. So, Miles Sanders, it would be the number 21 running back on my rankings. Uh, after starting strong in the first few weeks, then going out with an injury, Sanders came back to an Eagles squad with a crippled offense. Now, that might be uh, a little bit of a, uh, a faux pas. You think pas, that's hyperbole? You know, culturally. I don't want to be canceled over this, but uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, that offense looks a little bit like Oh, Timmy. where's my Eric Cartman? Cripple fight! Timmy, Timmy. Uh, he's still the main guy there, as it's not like Boston Scott or Corey Clement uh, are taking over his touches, but only putting up 30 yards against the Packers, Jason, and facing the second-best rushing defense in the league in Week 14, who's the Saints. They're allowing 76.1 rushing yards per game. Is all the ammunition you should possibly need to find a different guy to start this week. Now, it's funny that I have him as number 21, and Miles Sanders has the opportunity. It's because his ceiling is so high. Right. You, you right now, you're looking at a guy with a very low floor. It's the range. And a very high ceiling. Right. Um, but his floor is far lower than normal. So for me, he's a strong sit, and I don't feel like he's going to do very well. But because Jalen Hurts is the quarterback, it's very, very uh, uh, variable. And now all of these are relative to your team. Like, I have a team with Jonathan Taylor and, like, Le'Veon Bell. So, of course, I'm going to start Miles Sanders on that team, if I were so lucky. <laughs> but... You know, uh, in a vacuum, strong sit. I agree. Okay, David Johnson, the next guy. A good sign to see David Johnson log 10 carries for 44 yards and a touchdown in his first start back. Now, he was out for a couple of weeks, actually, I think three weeks, 
says suffering a concussion in Week 9 since against the Jaguars. Will Fuller is now gone, suspended for the remainder of the season. So I look for Johnson to be more utilized as he was in Weeks 1 through 7 at the beginning of the season. So during that stretch, he averaged 14-plus carries per game and 12-plus fantasy points per game, a strong RB2, yeah. uh, like a high-to-mid RB2 guy. And the Bears have a good rushing defense, but I don't think the Texans fall behind in this game. So I think because of the game script, uh, being positive for Houston, or at least being on track, uh, we're going to have David Johnson with exactly that. Somewhere between uh, 12 and 16 carries, uh, and the opportunity to score a touchdown, which puts him still back in that RB2 category. So as a 22, uh, as someone who's borderline, I like him, for example, more than Miles Sanders on my team. I mean, in consecutive games, they've given up respectable starts to Adrian Peterson, Jamal Williams, Dalvin Cook. Well, Peterson scored like two touchdowns against them, right? So yeah, <laughs> um, but they're certainly they're certainly giving up some points. Adrian Peterson has owned the Chicago Bears forever. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I I like that weak start uh, for David Johnson. Uh, Cam Akers is the third guy that I have, of course, uh, of the Rams. Akers is still only seventy one percent owned in flea flicker leagues, but he's trending straight up. His last two games saw him carry the ball combined 30 times for 156 yards and two touchdowns. And on top of that, uh, Sean McVay seems to have given Akers the nod as the goal line running back. He has, in fact, fed him seven times inside the 10-yard line in their in uh, in their Week 13 matchup against the Cardinals last week. All signs point to Akers being the guy. When you look at uh, uh, Daryl Henderson and, and the other people on the team, it seems like they're sort of fading away as Akers is 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 brought up as as this guy. Now, do you trust Sean McVay? I'm not sure, but he is trending up into a good situation. Uh, I think that he might end up being a massive pickup for fantasy football uh, playoffs going forward, especially considering that a couple of weeks ago he was a guy who had dropped, been dropped previously and not really owned by anybody. Yeah. So I this is my favorite start maybe out of everybody here. Uh, I, I consider him a strong start and someone who will be a strong start going forward. The only thing that I have uh, concerns about is uh, the Patriots, who certainly had the Rams numbers a couple of uh, number a couple of years ago. But I thought perhaps you know if they were doing anything with their particular uh, method of defense, they might blanket the receivers and let Cam Akers do whatever he's going to do, still resulting in an 80-plus yard game. So what Bill Belichick is best at is a lot of things. Um, I should say one of the things. One of his trends is that he will take away the best weapon on a team. The best weapons on that team are Robert Woods followed by right. Cooper Cup. Yep. So you're totally right in that they're going to focus on the pass game. I do believe that the running game will uh, have a little bit of room to breathe. Yeah, I like that. That's what I'm thinking. So I mean, he might have a great game, but he'll certainly be a good RB2 on your team, I think. Yeah, as like a flex guy, strong. Uh, Kareem Hunt, next up. Uh, with Nick Chubb active and taking over primary ball-carrying duties after he came off of IR, Hunt's double-digit fantasy performances that you've seen over the past uh, weeks are likely over. The last three weeks, actually, have resulted in a consistent amount of work, but that work is 12-ish carries and a target or two. And that trend should continue as long as Chubb remains healthy. That's just not enough. It's not enough for Hunt to be someone relevant on your team. And while I do like Hunt, especially as a handcuff for Chubb, but also as a guy to be a, a you know a fill-in, I don't think that in the playoffs that that's going to result in the fantasy points that you're looking for. I'm looking at about seven or eight fantasy points each week, maybe even a little less than that, depending on uh, who he's playing. And so that's not enough for him 
Chubb is clearly the guy there, and I call him a weak sit and not a start. So I think this is the first time we're going to disagree a little bit. I do like the two-headed monster at running back there on that team. I think that they are strongest when both of those guys are going well. Uh, They just happened to throw the ball a lot last week. But what you're going to see, in my opinion, from the Browns is that uh, both running backs will be in double-digit fantasy points. Well, since Chubb came back, uh, Hunt scored 8, 6, and 7. Right, but before, when they were both playing at the same time, it was much higher. I think they just needed to get back in their rhythm. Wait for the rhythm, if you'd like. So, the, the <laughs> you know, the kicker here is I, I can only go off the trends. The Baltimore Ravens defense, they are very good against opposing running backs. Uh, this past week, they only gave up 11 to Dak. The week before, just 10 to Benny Snell. Um, and a big game to Derrick Henry, but it's Derrick freaking Henry. What are you going to do? Um, so, yeah, that's a tough one. I, I would put uh, him closer to the neutral, um, neutral to week's start, in my opinion. Short, uh, Raheem Mustert, uh, um, I, I just am looking for a hot dog. There was some hype mm. for Mostert coming back from IR to lead the 49ers run game, but it has gone flat along with his opportunities for fantasy production in this situation. And he only had nine carries last week against the Bills, and Jeff Wilson had almost as many carries. He had seven for more yards and five times the number of targets in the passing game. Add to that the upcoming matchup against a strong Washington run defense that hasn't allowed a running back to score on the ground since week five, and I'm inclined to look elsewhere for a starter this week. I do not want Raheem Mostert on my team as a starter. There is no trading in the leagues that we're currently involved in. I'm not necessarily cutting the guy. I am not starting him this week, and he's a weak sit for me. Oh, boy. I like Mostert, but... um, You don't like what I said about him. I will... I don't (laughs) like... I don't like that... Outlook on him for sure, but just because I don't like it doesn't mean it's not true. We well, had nine carries, right? So, well, it was a tough game for them. Uh, who are they playing again this week? The they're playing Washington, Washington. Oh. who has one of the best run defenses yeah, fuck in the that. league. Yeah. Yep. I got. I got to. I. I cannot disagree. I, can... I may not want to agree. I cannot disagree. Fair. Naheem Hines, Indianapolis. Believe it or not, and you don't really have to take it from me since it's actually a verifiable fact, although some people seem to be having trouble with those lately. Hines is the running back... Is that a political statement, dude? It's just a statement. Running back 18 (laughs) overall so far this year in half PPR, uh, scoring with 127.7 fantasy points, averaging 10.6 per game. That's RB18 for Naheem Hines, something that I don't think we thought would happen. He's also second... Second on the Colts in two very important statistics, running uh, uh, red zone targets and red zone uh, rushes. Okay. So that's across all of the players, not just running backs. Uh, Red zone targets and and red zone rushes. The Raiders are also, uh, who they're playing this week, giving up the fifth most fantasy points to running backs this year at 22.1 per game. So I don't see any problem with Hines squeezing in enough work here to remain relevant. Uh, it, it looks like it's going to be Jonathan Taylor's backfield more than it is uh, Wilkins and other guys they were getting involved. But there's no real reason for them not to also include Hines, especially in a game where uh, the running backs are doing well against that particular defense. Yeah, so, I think we both agree that they're going to lean on the run game. Yeah, so I, I call him a weak start just because Hines has had games uh, where he scores five or six points only. But he's been doing very well over the past couple weeks. I like it. Uh, James Conner, Pittsburgh. 
Connor has been activated from the reserve COVID-19 list and is anticipated to return to the starting role that he had previously in the Steelers' Week 14 matchup against the Bills. Benny Snell filled in for Connor as his immediate backup, but he failed to impress. I started him oh, in a Benny, league last Benny, year, Benny. For, or, sorry, last week, and I thought Benny would do much better, but the team was just you know, not doing their blocking, and, and Benny was not doing a very good job uh, you know as an offensive player. Washington was ready for that game. Washington they played is a, very well. And this is the Washington defense I'm talking about. With, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, he put up performances, Benny Snell did, of 3.8 and .6 yards per carry over the last two weeks, totaling just 24 carries for 65 yards, no touchdowns. Obviously, all those people that have Benny Snell on any kind of redraft league are cutting them if they haven't already done so, and they'd be stupid to not have done so. Yes. The Steelers are coming off their first loss of the season against Washington, and the Bills have allowed the ninth most fantasy points to running backs this season. That's 19.3 per game. So I expect Connor to have an amazing performance, and I might actually even move him up a little bit. Now, you can see the Steelers regalia behind me, so I am a Steelers <laughs> fan, but I will tell this you this. This is a large grain of salt. I will tell you this. Uh, I mean, he's had some good games this year, and the Steelers generally do well after uh, after having some kind of a... a uh, a defeat that that exposes their weaknesses, and this past couple weeks has been really hard for the Steelers. So I think they're going to come back uh, somewhat healthy and and show uh, that they have an offense that that will score points. That's my opinion. Um, I think that you could say that Connor is anything from neutral to start, uh, but I'm putting him as a strong start here. I actually think that he's going to have a top 15 performance this week. I like the thought of a strong start because I need him to have a strong start. So you know, completely biased. I agree with you. And uh, we're all we're all biased. <laughs> <laughs> Unbiased. I mostly agree with you as well. It's a good matchup. The Say, I'm Steelers, glad it's not Benny Snell. <laughs> the Steelers really need a running game. They really need some second half offense, and it comes from a strong running back like James Conner. Well, although he certainly isn't doing an amazing job this year, he's done a lot better than the backups there. So that's what we want: is to have a guy who's better come back in. Indeed. Uh, Devontae Booker is the next guy with Josh Jacobs out in Week 13. Booker got the start and did have the bulk of the work with 16 carries. Only managed to put up 50 yards with those opportunities and add a one-yard reception, which is barely worth talking about. 5.6 fantasy points. Not going to cut it for anybody. For those fantasy team managers that didn't immediately cut the cord with Booker, it looks like he'll have one more chance as a starter because Josh Jacobs does not look like he's going to play this week either. And against a Colts team that has allowed 11 touchdowns to running backs over the past seven games. Is this a, a weak spot on the Colts defense that yes. we've identified? Yep. No kidding. They, used to, they were number, like, not number one, but they were really good. So later in the season, oh, they started wow. to leave the, uh, more points on the ground and two 100-yard performances, and I think 100 plus, and I think it's worth taking a chance on uh, with Devontae Booker. But you may need a strong stomach for this one, is what I'm saying, because he certainly didn't do a good job this past week, and a lot of that has to do with the Raiders' offense. You have to buy in and depend on the Raiders' offense in general doing well in order for Devontae Booker to do well, and it doesn't seem like that's an every week occurrence. <laughs> I agree. But Devontae Booker has had good games this year. Correct, and, and that was uh, it happened a little earlier. And it was when Jacobs wasn't uh, in much because they were blowing him out or he wasn't playing the game. So I'm so. calling him a weak start. Uh, people picked him up this past week. Uh, they spent FAAB on him, uh, and uh, I, I think that maybe he's usable for another week here. 
But it, it's going to be tough because he might have another six points. I, I like that. I, I think it's ludicrous to call him a strong start. Um, <laughs> ludicrous feed. But, you know, weak start is pretty appropriate here. J.D. McKissick for Washington. The only 49% owned McKissick caught 10 receptions for 70 yards against the Steelers last week, and he added a few carries for a total of 12.8 fantasy points. Now, part of that was because Antonio Gibson went out earlier in the game with a toe injury, and he's unlikely to play in Week 14, according to the news today. Ian Rappaport just said that. Um, uh, It doesn't mean that his word is gospel, but it's pretty good. It's pretty good in the industry. Yeah, you know, it's NFL. worse than turf toe. He has, uh, that's or what they he said. has turf toe. Someone else has worse than turf toe. I think that's the guy that you were talking about. That where they said like, uh, no, that was Philip Rivers who has worse than turf toe. Oh, Philip Rivers, his foot is falling off right yes. now. Yes, yeah. well, he's old, and he, all you can say about it is heck, god darn, gosh dang it. Oh, he wouldn't say god. I'm sorry. Uh, no, it look, it, he wouldn't say darn either. It looks like Smith is going to continue to pepper him with targets, uh, as he has over the past several weeks. Look at this stat. McKissick, 10 more receptions in the past five weeks than any other running back in the entire NFL. Wow. So any other work he gets because of Gibson's absence, just a bonus. People don't even look at McKissick right now as a start. He's available in 50% of Flea Flicker leagues, and he's a guy who has more receptions than any running back in the league over the past couple weeks. You want to know why? Because Alex Smith loves tossing it off. If anybody likes taking a dump off, it's Alex Smith. <laughs> so come on, guys. If you, if you have a PPR league, pick him up right now. If you have a half PPR league, pick him up in 15 minutes. If you have a standard league... Uh, think about it for longer. Uh, <laughs> Ty Johnson is my last guy. Oh wait, sorry. I, I give him a strong start, and I know that's that's, that's crazy. That's bold. That's bold. But I mean, look at how I many... respect the boldness. Cheers. I respect the boldness. Look at how how much he's he's performed because of Alex Smith. I snagged him off the wire in one or two leagues this week. Um, I do have Antonio Gibson on a team, so I need a replacement. Good for you. Um, but that's going to be Christian McCaffrey. Yes. But that's neither here nor there. Um, if he plays, did you know he's limited in practice today because of a new quad injury? Then it's going to be Mike Davis. <laughs> Look, I would start Mike Davis if he's on his own over JD McKissick, but we're talking about JD McKissick here. I love his passing. Who plays in standard leagues anymore, anyways? You're going to get points just from all the catches. You're going to get yards. You may get a touchdown. Um, who are they playing? We we kept talking about the other side of that matchup. Yeah, they're playing San Francisco, uh, and San Francisco is um, is allowing is eminently beatable. Yeah. So anyway, it's 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 a, a matchup that you can use, um, and it's uh, uh, definitely a matchup that that could be good, especially because of Gibson. But these things are dependent on uh, one Gibson not playing, uh, and two Smith still uh, keeping that trend with throwing McKissick all of those targets. Okay. But it's likely that it will continue to happen. I will be surprised. If McKissick does not get uh, probably five or six targets in this game, especially with San Francisco, uh, because they're probably going to try to blitz a bit, you know? Um, I mean, you know, San Francisco is going to do what they're going to do, but I like <laughs> I, I a, like. There's Madden for you over here. Thank you. Uh, Ty Johnson, uh, do you, wait, do you give him a start as well, or are you uh, not sure? I, I choose you to the boldness of your start. Um, I, <laughs> I would give him at the very least a weak start. Okay. The strong start um, is very bold, and I will say that. Strong bad. Yeah. Ty Johnson, my last guy, 22% owned. Ty and Josh Adams are the last two left standing in the Jets running back room uh, of note after Frank Gore exited with a concussion last week. I must say I was, I was, not, uh, I was not happy, 
But uh, it was a, a good turn of events for my team when Frank Gore ended up getting a concussion because uh, there was a, there was a team that could have uh, beaten me there with Frank Gore points. Now with P. Frank Ryan, Gore still had to score points. <laughs> yeah, but he was getting like eighty yards a game. So with with P. Ryan uh, out and Frank Gore out and and maybe uh, going into the next week because he's an older guy, he's like thirty seven. Yeah, gets a concussion, probably out for two weeks. I would say. I don't know. Please, please take your time coming back from a concussion. Whoever you are, watch some Ozark or something. You Especially know, like, if you're enjoy yourself. Uh, a, a running back who's been on the verge of retirement, according to us, for the last eight years. I, th- I still think in five years we're going to be like, why is Frank Gore playing <laughs> for the Cincinnati Bengals? Like, what is happening right now? He's going to be on the Patriots at some point. Don't worry. <laughs> so Johnson put up 104 yards and a touchdown on 22 carries and is the best bet for fantasy production for the Jets at running back. But Therefore. Gore, Gore could be back, uh, or Gase could decide to feature Josh Adams instead, since nothing that the Jets do matters. Uh, and And I can't see my way to recommending Ty even though he should have the same kind of upside as Gore does, even though he's a second-year uh, guy there who is is itching to show what he has to offer uh, as a sixth-round uh, uh, running back rookie prospect in 2019, uh, I just can't see my way to recommending Ty for play during this all-important first week of the playoffs. Do you want to put your week in the hands of Ty Johnson? I think the answer resounding uh, is going to be no. Hell no. So I'll put him as a week specific. I'll put him as a week sit because we can't really determine how the Jets' offense will fare from week to week. We do know that we Ty... we need to note that last week they gave up a combined thirty points the Seattle Seahawks, <laughs> this week's opponent of the Jets, to uh, Alfred Morris and Wayne Gallman in their loss to the Giants. Yeah. So the Seattle Seahawks' defense, especially against running backs, is susceptible to points. So. It's not like Ty Johnson is someone who doesn't belong on this list. It's just that um, it's the Jets, so uh, we'd be you would laugh us out of the room if we told you to start him, especially strongly. That's right. So, uh, so what are you thinking for him? I I personally uh, am going to give him the weak sit. Is he going to be a sit for you as well? That's yeah, that's fine. I you know the Seahawks are going to rebound against losing to the Giants, and they will destroy the Jets. There we go. So let's move on to the wide receivers. Okay. Uh, we're going to start here at the 26, if you're following along at home, where we have Devontae Parker. So last week, Parker was ejected from the game. Otherwise, he may have wound up with stronger stats. He still had eight targets while missing about 20% of the game. This week, I expect the Dolphins to be more disciplined, so no ejections, hopefully. Uh, they do have to face the, the Chiefs. We're giving up the third fewest points to opposing wide receivers. So I'm neutral about Devontae Parker this week. He needs a lot of targets to be productive, but even when he gets them, he's not necessarily great. He can turn in sub-10-point performances, and he has Tua and not Ryan Fitzgerald. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, pardon me. There's a difference here. They're, they're completely different people. <laughs> one of them can't grow a beard. One of them is magnificent. So... <laughs> We do know that the Dolphins are going to need to throw the ball a lot to keep up with the Chiefs, but when you're looking at a lower WR3 or flex option, uh, I, I am completely neutral when it comes to Devontae Parker. Uh, do you have any strong thoughts one way or the other on Devontae Parker? No, I don't, and I don't want people to be neutral when we do this, and it, that sucks to be like, ah, oh, we just don't know, flip a coin. But I feel that way about I Devontae Parker. I wouldn't say Parker. flip a coin. I would say he's, he, he's where he's ranked. When when I say neutral, I mean like he is a lower WR three, and so if you have 
three wide receivers, then you're starting him. I, but if you have four wide receivers, you may not be starting him. I'm just saying I agree with you. Uh, it's just difficult to not have like a strong opinion about someone. But I guess, yeah, in, in some situations... You're saying in very strong words, maybe. <laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> so, uh, Brandon Cooks is next on the list. Uh, he had a tough matchup last week. He has another tough one this week. He faces the Bears, who have given up the fourth fewest points to opposing wide receivers. Uh, last week was a big letdown for the Bears, however, when they gave up 34 real points. They allowed two wide receivers to score touchdowns. Cooks has to fill the WR1 role all by himself since Will Fuller is out. Uh, last week, Kiki Cutie, um, that is not easy to say after you've had a <laughs> beverage or two, uh, he excelled in a WR2 role because he didn't get a lot of attention there. So I expect him to get more attention this week. That's going to allow Cooks to open it up a little bit more. I'm going to go with a strong start. For Brandon Cooks this week, I expect Watson and the Texans to roll over the Bears. I have nothing else to say. Uh, I think I think that's exactly right. Yep. Public is big on the Texans this week, if you're a gambling man. I mean, it just makes sense, to be honest. I agree. So, Debo Samuel, last week he had just one target through the first half, but he salvaged a decent game. He had six catches for 73 yards. Uh, it was a follow-up to his 11-for-133 performance, which was his return to the lineup. This week he faces the Washington football team. This game keeps coming up. We need to watch this game, apparently. Um, it's Red versus Burgundy. Uh, so they are giving up the Washington football team, that is, the second-fewest points to opposing wide receivers. Despite that tough matchup, Samuel has 22 targets in his last two games since he's returned to the lineup. I want him as at least a weak start consideration this week. Uh, I only leave him as a weak start because of another guy we're going to talk about in a minute. What do you What do you like about D- Debo Samuel this week? What do you not like about Debo Samuel this week? I think I'm pretty neutral on Debo Samuel. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. So uh, we got Juju Smith-Schuster as the next guy. He has essentially redefined his role, uh, perhaps his choice, perhaps not his choice, the team's choice. Uh, he is a possession receiver now. He has not cracked 100 yards in the season, but he only has one game below six receptions in his last seven games. So he's getting the ball uh, very close to the line of scrimmage or close to at least the first down marker and not really getting it down the field. Uh, He is a PPR beast. He has the best catch percentage of his career. And unless you're in a full PPR league, I'm going to remain neutral about Juju Smith-Schuster. There are two more talented pass catchers on that team that Ben has to look at to kind of keep pace with the hot Buffalo offense. So I'm going to go with neutral on Juju as a very low WR3 uh, slash flex option. Um, you know, if, you get, if you're in a league where you get first down points uh, and catch and PPR, you know, that might bump him just a smidge. He's honestly being utilized, but as a Steelers fan, I mean, I look at it and I see that I don't think that he's going to have a future with this team. Because, he's important to the team. Because because Washington, Claypool, uh, and Johnson are the guys that they're really going to. Yeah. Um, but you're right. I mean, he's still being utilized. It's just at it, a lower level, which is very disappointing, especially for fantasy team managers. Uh-huh. Uh, and so I would have to call Juju at this point a, a, a weak sit. So I, I don't stray far from what you're saying. Okay. Uh, but I just think there's too many receivers out there uh, for the Steelers right now. Fair enough. So next on the list at 30 is Brandon Ayuk. So he's on a three-game scoring streak. Three-game scoring streak. Consecutive for him, not for the team. He's missed a few games in there. Uh, he has six touchdowns on the season in nine games. Over the 
last three games. He has 33 targets, 20 receptions, 261 yards, touchdown in each of those games as well. It's clear the 49ers want to get him involved at all points of the game. He's getting rushes, all that good stuff. Uh, this week he has the same difficult matchup we just talked about for Debo Samuel. Um, I agree with Dave that Ayuk is better than people think. Dave has him two spots above his ECR. Um, but I think that one of the 49ers wide receivers is going to do well this week. I think that it's going to be Brandon Ayuk. I give him a strong start. And I agree with that. I, I think that Ayuk is a guy that, that is, is uh, connecting with Mullins uh, a little bit more than Samuel is. If there's something we like here, it's trending up. And uh, he's trending up. Or just up. trending well. And Sam, I mean, Samuel has what he has, and he, no one can take that away from him. However, uh, Ayuk has, uh, is doing very well right now, and I would love to play him uh, in, in matchups. I'm trying to find reasons to put him into starting lineups. Okay, so Tyler Boyd on Cincinnati is the player with the greatest discrepancy of this wide receiver portion of the list. He is plus five over the ECR. So last week, Boyd only had one reception. He did make a count. It was a 72-yard touchdown. But going back to the bye week, he's had lots of targets, but not a lot of show for it. His best game being 9 for 85 against a good pass defense. Uh, and he does only decent to okay against the lesser foes. So uh, Boyd is a conundrum for me. Uh, I assume he's not really gelling very well with Ryan Finley. Uh, not as well as other teammates of his anyways. So I respectfully disagree with you here, Dave. Uh, I would mark Boyd as a weak sit against Dallas, even though Dallas gives up points to wide receivers. Um, it probably has more to say about Boyd's quarterback rather than Boyd's talent, uh, but I'm going with weak sit for Boyd. Again, you don't have to disagree with me, and I agree with you that's a weak, a weak sit. Okay. Uh, he, he simply is a player that has scored so many points and has, has, has cemented himself as a possession receiver. Another high-ceiling guy. That uh, Well, maybe maybe more or consistent. Or ceiling Okay. Uh, that, that it's likely that even in the well, last... Well, it's his consistency lately that I don't like. Even in the last game, he still got a lot of targets. He simply didn't get uh Well, you know, he was points. four targets, one catch. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, opportunity is what we're, we're ranking here. We always love opportunity here at Drink 5. <laughs> so Cole Beasley of Buffalo, he is on a tear lately. On Monday, he had his best game of his career. Throwing touchdowns had, and shit. Yeah, two games ago he threw a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> He's had three of his best five games in terms of uh, receiving yardage since week seven for his whole career. So, uh, unfortunately, between those games came absolute clunkers. Um, this week, I think I used clunkers earlier. i got to watch my adjectives. Um, Are so, we comparing them to cars, or, like, what's the metaphor here? Uh, I think that, that, like, Cole Beasley's games when he's not doing well is, like, a car that, it's you like know, a geomet- is great, and like, then you start it up one day, and it's like... Do you imagine making him, awful noises. Do you imagine him like a Ford Escort, Phil Beasley? No, it's like a... He's like a... Like a like a really cheap muscle car <laughs> that, you know, like, is good, like, on occasional Sundays, and that's about it. All right. Anyways, um, they play the Steelers this week, Buffalo does. They tend to give up their points in the wide receiver game to the wide receiver one on teams making big plays, these guys, like an A.J. Brown, someone like that. They don't tend to give up a lot of points to the possession receivers they face. Because of this, I expect Stephon Diggs to be the guy with the big game, not Beasley. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that Cole Beasley is a strong sit this week. And owning him on a couple teams makes it hurt a little bit, but you got to sit him this week. 
it's tough for me to to uh, to agree with that. And I don't own Cole Beasley anywhere. Okay. Um, but I have watched him continue to do well. Yeah. Um, but but I do uh, agree with you in this particular matchup. It might be rough for him. Here's the thing: uh, when we look at uh, Buffalo playing against Pittsburgh, um, something that was really apparent for me, for example. Uh, uh, looking at the Washington game, was that the tight ends were able to score really easily. So Logan Thomas in particular. A lot of that has to do with the fact that the uh, linebacker was out after another one was injured. Now we have the third string guy in calling plays in the defense. And he simply is is not going to be good enough uh, uh, to, uh, to defend against a lot of that short-range game from the passing offense. And maybe that's going to uh, uh, allow Dawson Knox to do pretty well. I'm not sure. Uh, but I think Cole Beasley is often in that range as well. And and if he gets you know six, seven, eight passes uh, in the short range, he's still going to have a good game. That said... I think it's going to be Diggs taking the top off the defense. I, I think what generally beats the Steelers uh, when they're playing well are the long passes, as you saw with uh, Marquise Brown and yep. with... With other people throughout their history of the past couple of years, all, all the Browns, yeah, AJ and, Brown, and we have uh, Marquise Brown, <laughs> all the Browns. So uh, I, I, I'm willing to say uh, for me, uh, 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 probably a, a weak sit or a, or a neutral on on Cole Beasley, but well, I, 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 would... I, I just marvel at the fact that uh, just a week or two ago it was me who was pumping up Beasley and you pumping the brakes on him. Well, it, now we've flipped. He, he feels like a guy that's going to be up and down forever. He's very up and down, and I think that <laughs> next week is down. So, DJ Chark, doot, 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 doot. Uh, he has been a conundrum to me lately as well. He's a, He has the talent to be a wide receiver one. He's stuck on a team that is intent on sucking. They want Trevor Lawrence. They're not going to get Trevor Lawrence uh, because there's no way they can lose more games than the Jets. So he has 20 targets and just eight receptions over the last three games. Just 138 yards to show for that. Uh, lucky for him, he is going to have a quarterback who's kind of looking over his shoulder, worrying about when he's going to get benched. So perhaps he will throw it downfield a bit more. Um, and he's playing an opponent who just gave up big passing numbers to a team that predominantly runs the ball. So the Titans they give up the fifth most uh, fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. Uh, they've given up 16-plus points to three wide receivers just last week to the Browns, so this is a good sign for DJ Chark. The Titans uh, give the most points to WR1s. I consider Chark one of those, at least for one more week. I am going to call him a weak start, uh, which should be good enough for most flex positions. Okay, I agree. All right, uh, T. Higgins. So Higgins is on your ranking list, Dave, at plus three above the, D- the ECR. I like Higgins in this spot. He seems to be connecting with Finley a little bit more than the other WRs on his team. Uh, let's be honest, though, he's not going to, you know, there's nothing to write home about when Ryan Finley is your quarterback, other than, you know, why the hell is Ryan Finley my quarterback? <laughs> so what we really need back are the um, Andrew Luck uh, old Civil War letters. We need that to continue. <laughs> Whoever was writing those, please continue that. Um, so this week against Dallas, uh, someone has to be good at wide receiver because Dallas gives up the fourth most points to opposing quarterbacks, wide receivers, that is. Uh, I think that that's going to be Higgins. Um, this is a uh, good matchup right for points between two bad teams. So this is maybe an Andy Dalton revenge game, you think? 
I mean, he played well last week, even though he was being destroyed by the Ravens. And Andy Dalton is always good for a smile on the sideline. (laughs) (laughs) If nothing else, a good smile. So this is mostly going to be two (laughs) mediocre offenses facing against bad defenses. I give Higgins a weak start rating due to uh, Finley keeping a ceiling a bit low. Um, But I do like Higgins more than Boyd, if you're comparing notes here. Okay. Are, are we going to crack open a new beer here? Yeah, we're about to get into Graham's Jam. We just need to finish the last of our uh, toasted marshmallow fun size from Pollyanna. Yeah, and hey, Max, by the way, in the chat room, good to see you. We will get to your uh, question in just a moment. That's a week 14 rate, my team. We just want a little bit more beer. Okay, um, yeah, we need a little more fuel. I'm going to go over the last wide receiver on my list first. All right. And he is Mr. T.Y. Hilton of Mr. the T. Indianapolis y. Colts. Formerly of Baltimore. So, is T.Y. Hilton finally figuring out how to play with Phillip Rivers at quarterback? I think so. Over the last two weeks, Hilton has the two highest yardage totals of the season. His two highest yardage totals, anyways. His first two touchdowns of the year. Uh, Last week, he hit 20-20 highs in all the relevant categories. Uh, He led the team in targets by a large margin. I think he had 11. The next highest target total was only 5. So, the Raiders are giving up the 13th most points to opposing wide receivers. Uh, they've been getting burned by the WR1 on most teams. So I like Hilton in this trend. I make him a strong start this week in Las Vegas. Thank you. I, I agree with that play as well. So uh, so good job uh, on, on all of those plays. I, I don't think we... Uh, what are you whistling about over there, buddy? Oh, there is nothing going on that doesn't exist on the camera. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> So we we uh, we haven't disagreed on most of the plays. I feel just a couple, uh, and perhaps we can go and audit that and look at uh, uh, how everybody did next week. But you know what's good is if two people who have talked about fantasy for an entire season uh, do tend to agree on some of these things. Uh, it means that uh, you know, and they both made the playoffs in five or six of their leagues. We're we're doing we're doing good shit. We want to spread that out to you guys as well. Uh, so let's look at the a question by uh, Max, and he says, rate my team, Mahomes, CMC, Zeke, Adams, Woods, Kelsey, A.J. Brown, Miles Gaskin, or Mostert at Flex. And I'm saying, Max, don't give me that shit, man. Like, your team is too good. I I would start Mahomes at Flex, I guess. Your, 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 your team is too good. So uh, the 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 issue with this, I'm is, assuming that's Devontae Adams, Robert Woods, yeah, Travis Kelsey. Is there another Woods? Uh, is, if he is, he's not starting at wide receiver. What what <laughs> we would Brown? what Jesus we would Christ. need what we would need Max if this is a serious question is uh, what kind of uh, of uh, of a league is this? Are you playing half PPR PPR? It's the kind of league standard. that he's winning. Is so what kind of league it is? Let's assume it's half PPR with uh, with ten people, right? So if we're rating him on uh, tonight's scale, I'm going to go with strong start. Yeah, yeah. For this lineup. Okay, okay, but but um but Miles Gaskin or Mostert at Flex. And I don't I don't really like either of those guys this particular week. Way uh, to nitpick, Dave. Uh I guess I would I would go with AJ Brown if it's possible for him to to be a starter. I know that there was a, a slight injury. Well, assuming we're starting three wide receivers, he's already a starter. Okay. Um it says AJ Brown or Miles Gaskin or Mostert. Uh, but you have to tell us exactly what you're looking for. And AJ Brown or Miles Gaskin or Monster Deflect. Sure. If you're only starting two uh, wide receivers, then I would start AJ Brown in the flex over those two 
guys. But honestly, Max, yeah. uh, without seeing your whole team, uh, I'm going to rate it a 9 out of 10, and the only reason for that is because uh, I believe that Zeke is still not playing up to what he should be doing, although he did look pretty good in a couple of uh, drives yesterday. And a CMC is not guaranteed to play, as I mentioned to Jason earlier. There was some news about uh, him having uh, some limited practice due to a quad injury, I believe. Uh, and so if he uh, steps back out, then it's a serious problem for those CMC owners unless they do have Mike Davis to throw in uh, as a backup. He says uh, PPR, but weird scoring, four points for 10 receiving and rushing and three points for 10 passing yards. So we can get into that this. That is weird scoring. So yardage is super heavily rated uh, over touchdowns, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, keep A.J. Brown in there. He's got the highest yardage ceiling. Yeah. And I, I think we agree on that. And uh, if, if you want to uh, send us the whole team offline. This we... is for week 14 because he has a bye this week. I think you might mean week 15 because uh, week 14 is this week. And if you'll buy this week, congratulations. I am not at all surprised that this team earned a bye. Nice work, Max. Uh, so we did just crap out crack. We just crapped a beer. We crapped open the Grams Jam. you got to embrace it, you know. From Scorched Earth. It's a milkshake <laughs> India pale ale. Uh, what's in the can, you may ask? Red raspberry, strawberry, sweet cherry, blackberry, Belmont and Huel melon hops, milk sugar, vanilla flavor. This is a, a Woodford Reserve uh, whiskey. Cheers to you, Max. Drink Andrew. fresh, keep cold, don't hoard. So uh, I, I shared it with um, both of the people on either side of me. You're just going to have to guess who it is on the other side of me. Cheers. And to Max, we cheers you. Cheers, buddy. Hmm. So um, enjoy winning the championship, Max, because that's what's happening in your league. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, it would be it would be rough at this point if uh, if you didn't make. And you it. have one more week to wait for Christian McCaffrey to come back. So uh, I want to remind you of a tip that uh, I, I read today on uh, the Reddit Fantasy Football subreddit, uh, which is if you Josh are in Garden. Yahoo, you need to bench your entire team if you have a buy. You bench your entire team because uh, if something crazy happens, you can drop your players from the bench before the waivers clear in order to pick up other people. Yeah, so uh, depending on your... It your, just gives you a, a one more ounce of flexibility. Depending on your league rules, if there's no problem with uh, going with uh, the, the hosting site regulations, then what Jason said, benching your entire team is exactly the move you need to do. Then you can you can drop someone that you didn't play, uh, which is your entire team, uh, and you can you can drop them uh, and and grab somebody else. So right, just in case. Yeah, I, I don't know if we should be broadcasting this information. It feels like uh, like cheat codes to Contra. On, on we're not in Yahoo leagues anymore because we have <laughs> left that behind us. So I have no problem with telling people how to cheat on Yahoo. Yeah. Well, cheers, Max. Uh, so it can't hurt me. Move on to the tight ends. Please do. All right, well, here's the, the end uh, of, of the podcast. This is the end. <laughs> uh, our only friend, tight end. So, uh, uh, Logan Thomas, Washington. Uh, now, we're looking at the um, 11 to 15. So, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 of the tight ends. Logan Thomas from Washington, nine receptions on nine targets for 98 yards and a touchdown against the Steelers. Okay. The Steelers fan uh, that I am is, is very upset about Logan Thomas. But here... I think he was the catalyst for that Washington win. He's averaging six targets and trending up. But a lot of his success was because of the Steelers and Cowboys' issues with defending um, 
defending him over the past two matchups, 20.3 and 11.42 points respectively. In other games with Alex Smith at quarterback, Thomas has little to no success, being held multiple times, one, two, three times with Alex Smith as the quarterback below 30 yards. Yeah. So I think it really has more to do with those defenses handling Logan Thomas than it does with Logan Thomas being an above-board uh, uh, tight end. And don't get me wrong, I think he's a, a super talented, athletic individual, but I do not think that he's going to continue to have success versus the teams that are prepared for him, which I think the Cowboys and Steelers weren't. Uh, and so I'm putting him down as a weak sit going forward. Fair enough. I mean, I can't endorse anything higher for Logan Thomas. Well, I mean, he, not, nine for 98 and a touchdown is pretty good in this barren tight it end. It feels waistline. like his ceiling, though. It's, it certainly is. It's the best he's ever done. It was a historic game. <laughs> okay. A historic game for him. Uh, let's look at uh, another guy, Dalton Schultz from Dallas. Uh, and, and my opening statement here is just, man, the Cowboys suck. Boy, do they. Regardless, there's still going to be fantasy-relevant players from the team, and Schultz has a terrific matchup against the Bengals this week. They're giving up the second-most points against tight ends, which is 10.5 per game. And so Schultz becomes an immediate start if you can't land a more proven tight end. And let's be honest, Jason, there's only a couple of those out there at the moment, so I'm going to put him down as a weak start because of the matchup. And because Andy Dalton will probably be running for his life and passing off to Dalton Schultz four, five times. Schultz is one of those low or one of those high floor, low ceiling players. Uh, allow me to quote from the Roto World player blurb uh, posted about Schultz yesterday. Every game day, Schultz steps off the bus, posts six to twelve PPR points, and goes to sleep. Um, I, lo- <laughs> I love those blurbs, and I feel like that's totally accurate. He, you know, high floor, low ceiling. Uh, so what do you call Schultz? A, a weak start? I do. I, I concur. A week 14 start, in fact. A week 14 start if you uh, have a bad tight end in your team. Ah, social out there, the audience who's playing. Um, Dallas Goddard, uh, Philadelphia. The Saints have been a tough matchup for tight ends this season. But Goddard is sucking up all the targets on the current Eagles offense. The main issue here, really, is that Jalen Hurts has been announced as the starting quarterback for the Eagles going forward. And so we, and nobody else, is really sure how he's going to interact with the receiving core. And it's likely that Goddard will continue to be a main target for the Eagles, regardless of who's throwing him the ball. But it's a very difficult... Uh, uh, thing to determine uh, when the person starting uh, has no real tape on him longer than a couple of possessions. So I find it similar to uh, like the Taysom Hill situation, uh, although he had a lot more tape, obviously, than than Hertz does because uh, because Hertz is just coming in now. I still think that Goddard is a strong start as probably the the only person that is worth starting on that team that will be getting targets as a receiver. Like you used to start Fulgham, you know, maybe you were starting Jeffrey or, or looking at all these other players that are on the Eagles. Who's even the starting three wide receivers for the Eagles anymore? Nobody knows or cares because no one's starting them. But Greg Ward, <laughs> Travis Fulgham, and God, I have the list in front of me and I'm not even going to be able to pull it up in time. Well, Jalen Rager. Okay. Yes, you're right. You win the award. But, I win nothing. But but the fact is that they're just going to keep throwing the ball to Goddard, I think, because that's that's the playbook, and he's going to be a one or two look on all of those plays. And guess what? Jalen Hurts is a, a one or two look quarterback. 
So who's it going to go to? The tight end. That's my opinion as a strong start. Do you want to just avoid them entirely, or do you agree with me? Uh, I'm, I'm fine with strong start because he is the best player on the team. <laughs> Ostensibly, they are getting better with Jalen Hurts at quarterback. Um, and like you said, it's just a big question as to whether or not Hurts is going to throw him the ball a lot or he'll just throw the ball downfield. But he'd be silly. Like we, we say oftentimes in completely different situations that a tight end is a rookie quarterback's best friend. Yeah. I cannot believe, by the way, how horrible Carson Wentz has been over the past couple of weeks. It's pretty He's been worse than the Chicago Bears quarterbacks. I mean, he literally threw the ball for like... He's been worse than the Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback. He threw the ball for like 20 yards, and that's all he could do. Sam Darnold has played better than him. All the quarterbacks are better than him. Trace McSorley, better quarterback than Carson Wentz right now. Uh, Just a moment. A moment of silence for Carson Wentz's fantasy production, especially in Dynasty Leagues. We're very sorry, anyone. All right, let's pour one out for him. Don't pour it out of my carpet, though. (laughs) Come on. Not Graham's Jam. By the way, this is a a great beer by Scorched Earth. I think you already mentioned that. I did. Uh, Cheers to Scorched Earth, a local brewery. It's made with love, according Um, to the can. Jordan Reed, 35% owned, one of the top targets on the 49ers. 14 targets over the last three weeks, in fact. Scored a touchdown last week against the Bills. Playing Washington this week allows the 13th most points to opposing tight ends. That's 8.1 fantasy points per game. Might not seem like a lot, but when you get down further, there's some teams that have done really good things against tight ends. So you have Jordan Reed and Ross Dwelly on a team where the only other two receivers, really, are the uh, uh, are, are Yuk and uh, Debo Samuel. And I think that uh, they, they are still very much a George Kittle-esque team where they're looking at Jordan Reed as being the guy. Uh, and so I think that Jordan Reed is probably going to uh, expect uh, and get uh, four, five, six targets during this game. Uh, I don't know if he'll get a touchdown uh, because the 49ers offense is, is very unpredictable at the moment. But again, with tight ends being the situation that they are, Jordan Reed, as long as he's healthy, is probably a, uh, a top 15 tight end, no doubt. So, so we do him, have a question from the chat room. Put him in as a weak start. What, and what do you have for Jordan Reed, do you think? A Jordan Reed, I mean, he's never going to be more than a weak start for the rest of his career, right? Yeah, that's what he is now, I suppose. So this is his best matchup. Weak start <laughs> is appropriate. Okay. Uh, yeah, and, and the question? Uh, so uh, MathQuest, our, uh, our weekly friend who comes and asks questions, buddy, you're 15 seconds too late. He wants to know about Dallas Goddard. Uh, being dropped to rank 13, is it mostly due to the tough matchup against the Saints or the change in quarterback position? Now, we did just talk about Goddard, but can you give him a five-word answer? Yeah, so I uh, and his, his uh, follow-up is, if the ranking drop is expected to be more permanent, should I replace Goddard with Logan Thomas or Mike Kosicki? Uh, and I don't think that that's the case. I think that uh, he'll be just fine. The reason for the ranking drop is because of, of the quarterback change and because of how horrible the Philadelphia Eagles offense is. And I think that he'll be just fine. we got to finish up before this microphone hits me in the face. I, I got you, man. I mean, <laughs> Why don't you take over for me? I keep t- I, well, I don't have anything to say about this last guy here. Uh, we have Anthony Ferkser of Tennessee. And the one thing I would worry about with Anthony Ferkser is that he is going to be possibly replaced again with Jonu Smith. But... Jonu Smith, when they were both around, was getting fewer targets than Ferkser over the last couple games. 
So, Dave, where do you stand on these two uh, Smith-Brixer guys? <laughs> Look at these guys. I, I think it'll last for the next five minutes. I think we're good. I just noticed that it was suddenly in my face. So, uh, Jonu Smith has been injured for a little bit, uh, and I think as he comes back, it's going to uh, take those targets away from Anthony Ferkser. But the reason why you saw Ferkser in general was because Derrick Henry was becoming the the primary focal point of the Tennessee Titans offense. And, and I mean, how good has Derrick Henry been? Well, the reason for that, or part of the reason for that, is that Jonu Smith is a really good blocker, one of the best blocking tight ends in the entire NFL. Yeah. And so why would you not have him block if it means that Derrick Henry is going to run for six yards per carry? The answer is you do have him block every single time, which is why Ferkser was the guy who ended up coming out there as a move tight end. Uh, but I think you'll see that interrupted as Janu Smith comes back, uh, and they find out that people have started to scheme against Henry, which we saw in the last matchup. Oh, are they just starting to do that? <laughs> yes. So we want Janu Smith in our fantasy lineup over Ferkser for sure. Janu Smith has eight touchdowns on the year. Yes. And Ferkser has one. This week, I think you'll start to see a little bit of a table has turned kind of operation. Uh, it's not that Ferkser is the better oh, tight end how over, the tables. over John o. Smith. This DJ jokes over here. They're very funny. Uh, but I think that uh, I think that because you're going to have a harder time running with Henry, um, you're going to see a little bit more of John o. Smith being a move tight end uh, in the red zone targets uh, than you didn't see before. And I do expect Smith to play this week. So while I did have Ferkser uh, in there as the uh, 15 tight end, I'll probably be moving him back a little bit and Jono Smith up into this range. And they're playing the Jaguars, so they'll beat the crap out of him anyways. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and and don't worry about Goddard, MathQuest. I think he'll be just fine as the Eagles just suck, and that's why he moves down a little bit. That makes sense. So um, you can go to drink5.com, our website, check out all of our uh, feedback on all these players this week. You can check out Dave's rankings. Make sure you check out the updated rankings later in the week. Uh, later this week, we'll have the rookie report as well from our guy, Sean, who I think may be joining us next week. Um, and then we also have the confidence pool rankings. Uh, we've got some other surprises along the way. So please uh, subscribe to us here on the YouTube channel and follow us on Twitter and drink five and Instagram at drink five at both those places. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Bye, friends. Until next time. Subscribe to all the things. <laughs> oh. And win the crap out of your fantasy league. Yeah, make it to next week. <laughs>